This morning, we are, gonna, we are kicking off a, a new series. It's going to be a three-week series uh, this month called Reconnect. Reconnect. And, you know, I have just really been a burden, and I'll be honest, I'll, I'll share this with you. I know it's going to be online later once we record it and edit it. Um, I really, I want to encourage you today, and I will, uh, but if I'm, if I'm honest, uh, this whole message, but a lot of this is I'm sharing also with the people uh, at home uh, that have not uh, been back to church yet, uh, because I just feel like in the time and the day and age we're living in, and I understand that, you know, COVID's still a thing. I don't think it's going away, but I really believe that after everything we've been through, how long we've been disconnected, we were forced to not be able to meet in person and whatnot, it's time to reconnect, church. It's time for us to reconnect as a community, and I'll challenge our brothers and sisters online next week, hopefully, that I believe it's, it's, time, to get, it's time to get back, and it, it's not just uh, church attendance, it's really reconnecting in community. So w- this, this is a three-week series. I, I will be talking about this and how I believe it's God's heart, and I'm going to start today for us to reconnect in community. Because look, God bless Facebook and Facebook Live and Zoom and all that's good, but it does not take the place of face-to-face interaction in community. Would you all agree? I'm sure you do because you, you're here today, right? So turn with me to, to, to Matthew chapter 9, beginning in verse 9. It says this, as Jesus was walking alone, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple. Now, if you're taking notes or if you're on your phone, I know you got, this is the key verse right here to this whole message. I read this years ago and the Lord really just began to show me and this was birthed out of, this message was birthed out of this one verse. Follow me and be my disciple. Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I've come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray over our time in your word. We thank you, Father God, for your word that is living, true, active, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, I just pray that you would speak to us, challenge us, encourage us, Lord God, this morning as we move forward, Lord God, in your word. And those that will be watching this later on, Lord, I pray for Mr. Jude. I pray healing in his chest. I plead the blood of Jesus over him and just pray a miracle in his life. You bore stripes in your back so that Jude could be healed, healthy, and whole. Lord, help us to have the grace not only to receive it, but to apply this word to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I know a lot of you in here are on Instagram. Uh, some, a lot, most of you are probably on Facebook, whatever. Some people may still be on Twitter, Facebook, whatever. You know, and, and on any one of these social media sites, you can follow an athlete. You can follow a famous person or even a man or woman of God on any one of these platforms and observe everything they're doing. But that doesn't necessarily mean you know them, right? And it surely doesn't mean, even if you follow, name your favorite preacher. If you follow your favorite preacher on uh, social media, that doesn't mean that you're their disciple. Isn't that right? Isn't that correct? See, Jesus makes it clear it's the same way with him. He told Matthew, follow me and be my disciple. 
You remember a couple of weeks ago, I showed that clip from The Chosen, uh, and, and it was that scene. It was a scene where Jesus calls Matthew from his tax collector's booth. And I love the New Living Translation got it right here. He says, follow me and be my disciple. See, a lot of times, uh, and, and someone even said it recently, and it just dropped in me, a lot of times we use these words interchangeably, but they're not. The Bible wouldn't have put it as two different things if they were the same thing. He says, follow me and be my disciple. And I'm going to read from a couple more Gospels to show you what I'm talking about. Look at Luke 6, 17. It says this. When they came down from the mountain, the disciples stood with Jesus on a large level area, surrounded by many of his followers and by the crowd. You see that? There was disciples, there was followers, and then there was crowds. Now look at Mark 2, 15. It says this. Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. There were many people of this kind amongst Jesus' followers. You see that again? There's two different distinct things here. Three different gospels makes it clear that there's followers and then there's disciples. So all three of these different gospels confirm this. See, some people hear about Jesus, read about Jesus, talk about Jesus, and even observe what Jesus is doing, but they're not his disciples. Just like on social media, people read about him, hear about him, even see what Jesus is doing, but it doesn't make them his disciples. So today my question to you is, are you a disciple or just a follower? See, the truth is, is that we all start as followers. So a follower is not a bad thing. I don't want to demonize a follower. You start as a follower and you make a decision to follow Christ. That's good. He told him, come Follow me. So that's the first step, right? We, we all start as followers, but we must quickly move to being disciples. Come follow me and be my disciple. That's why as I'm kicking off this series, reconnect. The first thing is that we got to make sure we're reconnected to Jesus. First and foremost, connected to him or be reconnected as his disciples. So this morning, I want to let's, let, let's look at some attributes of a disciple. Number one, a disciple is obedient to the master. A disciple is obedient to the master. Matter of fact, we had a great men's supper Tuesday night, had a great turnout, and I was speaking to the men more specifically on this topic as well in a, in a, in a different subject about being obedient. But, but look at again, Matthew 9, 9, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said. So Matthew got up and followed him. We see Matthew got up right away and started following the Lord Jesus. See, we must obey and act on what God is telling us right away, even in the little things. I challenged them in Tuesday night. What is it that the, during our discussion time, what is it that's the hardest thing for you to obey? Maybe from the word of God or when the Lord speaks to you about a subject, what is it that's the hardest thing? I was making them laugh and I even got some texts after. You know, for some people like me, maybe going the speed limit's the hardest thing for you to obey. Now, that's not the word of God, but the Bible says submit to governing authorities, right? So when you go, you know, uh, a little, um, you know, you go faster and whatnot, you're still, you're, you're, you know, you're breaking the law, right? Like, what about like getting reconnected into co the community of believers? Again, it's great that you're here this morning. This is, this is awesome, but, but it goes deeper than that. We'll look at that. Look at Hebrews 10.25. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. This is a command, y'all. This is not a suggestion. 
So it's great that you're here, but even for the ones that are here, and again, I was thinking I was going to be preaching to a lot of people at home that really even connected back to church yet, uh, but it's all right. Like I said, I'm going to get them next week, all right? So, um, but even though you, sh- this is great, and look, I want to encourage you, you showed up, especially two days after a hurricane, some of you didn't even have, you know, appliances to get ready and AC and all that good stuff, and you're here, but, but, but listen, discipleship is more than just Sunday morning church attendance. So this is great. I'm glad you're here. But, but are you a disciple? And the way that we get discipled is, is, is by uh, being obedient. It's, it's by getting connected to a smaller community within the church. Amen? So we're a community of believers, but it's getting into a smaller group. That's why we have life groups. That's why we just launched life groups. That's a smaller group. I always like to say it. Life groups are a small group of people doing life together. And, and you get discipled. It's, and it's mutual discipleship. You, yes, you have the mentor uh, relationship, but it's also mutual discipleship. You know, you can, you can help disciple each other. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. One day I encourage Brother James, another day he encourages me, right? Iron sharpens iron. So that's part of being connected and reconnected in a smaller thing. And that's what the Lord has obeyed us to do from Hebrews 10, 25. And I've been using this scripture for months since COVID started. And I get it. We got to be safe and all of that. And that's true and, and everything. And feel free to wear your mask. Feel free to just not even hug, shake hands, fist bump, whatever. But listen, the Bible says don't neglect our meeting together. And this is what he says. Later on, it says it's been uh, the habit of some as well. Some people get into the habit of not connecting the church. So that's why I'm trying to urge people to get reconnected. Amen? Going back to obedience, 1 Samuel 15, 22 says, What is more pleasing to the Lord? <clears throat> Excuse me. Your burnt offerings and sacrifices are your obedience to his voice. <clears throat> Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. So you can be a follower of Jesus and give up some things in your life or stop doing other things because it seems like the right thing to do, and that's religion. But when you do or stop doing something he's told you to do, that's one of the ways you know you're moving from a follower to a disciple. Amen? It's easy to say, well, I'm, I'm going to do this over here. I want to do this. I want This looks good. This feels good. This is sacrificial. But the Lord's saying, yeah, but I told you to do this over here. So again, when you start sacrificing and doing those things, you know what, that's great, but be careful because I can turn into religiosity instead of being an obedient disciple of the Lord. Amen? As I say in this, there are people in this building right now, I believe that the Lord is speaking to, maybe it's just about obedience, maybe, maybe that this message was just point one was for you, and there's something the Lord has been speaking to you that you haven't been being obedient on, and you need to begin to do it. Number two, a disciple is selfless. In verse 9, Jesus found Matthew sitting where he worked because he was a tax collector, right? He was at a tax collector's booth. Now, I hit on this, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, but, but let me give you more specifics. So tax collection was a private enterprise at the time. In each district, Rome granted the right to collect taxes to the highest bidder. Anything collected above the bid was profit for their collectors who were driven by greed, often <clears throat> used extortion and could make a lot of money, right? So it was granted to the highest bidder. Whoever can, can get the highest taxes, Rome will say, okay, good, Matthew, you got this area now. And Matthew was making a lot of money because he was collecting a lot of taxes for Rome, and so he would make a lot of money on top of that. Even another man in the Gospels we see, a man named Zacchaeus in the book of Luke, also a tax collector, was a wealthy man as well. And Jesus also called him to follow him and to be a disciple. When Matthew got up to go after Jesus, he didn't go back, nor was he concerned about 
what he was leaving behind. You remember that clip I showed? I thought about showing it again this morning, but I didn't want it to be overkill. But you notice, I love that the movie did a minute. He was dumbfounded that Jesus would call him as a tax collector, but then he locked up and he's, you remember the Roman guard said, you're going to throw everything away. You're the wealthiest, you know, Jewish guy around here. You have everything. We protect you. You're going to throw all that away. He gave him the key and he said, yes. He didn't care about what he was leaving behind because he was going after Jesus. See, selflessness is about giving up your will for your life to pursue God's will. Amen. I know a businessman uh, that's owned multiple businesses over the years uh, in another city. And he told me one, one, one time, he said, you know, if you would look at my bank account throughout the year, you would think that I'm a millionaire. He said, but by the end of the year, I try to zero, my, zero out my accounts. Because he uses all that money, or the majority of money. Of course, he has a family, and I know he's, a, he, he's got savings account and all that. But the majority of that money he makes for these businesses, he uses, it to, he uses it to plant churches around the globe. He uses it to plant churches and to make disciples. Now listen, he also is a pastor at a church, takes teams on mission trips, has four biological kids, and has adopted several children as well. Matter of fact, when I first met him years ago, him and his wife had fostered 20 kids in two years. Talk about being selfless. Come on, that makes me tired just saying that, right? I mean, look, I, I, I stopped at four biological kids, and this brother does all of this. And I'm telling you, this man has an impeccable attitude. Seems like he's never tired, and he always got a good attitude. I've, we've been on multiple mission trips with him. Great man of God. I feel like he's a definition of, of selfless. Look at Luke 9, 23. And he said to them, if any person wills to come after me, let him deny himself, disown himself, forget, lose sight of himself and his own interests, refuse and give up himself. That makes it pretty clear, right? And take up his cross daily and follow me. Cleave steadfastly to me, conform wholly to my example in living and if even being in dying also. Take up your cross means to do, it means to die to what you and I want to do. You know, and, and, and in this day and age, part of, again, and this is kind of maybe geared towards the online crowd, but, but for some maybe in here as well, I believe one of the biggest downfalls or one of the biggest uh, negative side effects of COVID, I believe, is spiritual complacency. Because I believe when people get disconnected from the church, no matter how much you, you watch online, you have a tendency to be complacent. It's easy. And you know how I know that? Because there's people in this very church that told me that. That said that they, as we were in quarantine and we had to be watching online, when church started back up and we started having church, they told me that I wasn't here for a few weeks because I was becoming complacent. So I know that to be true even here. And listen, I'm a human like everybody else. It's easy to get out of the routine of being connected. So listen, again, part of dying to ourselves. And you know what? Because I believe complacency with everything going on in our society even before was starting, really starting up. But I think COVID and this whole shutdown and everything lended towards that. So I believe dying to self, it means crucifying complacency. I believe crucifix, uh, complacency needs to be crucified in our lives. You know, he might not always pull you from where you are, but if he does, obey and get yourself out the way. Amen? Number three, a disciple is in a relationship with Jesus. Now, this is where the rubber really meets the road as well. We'll see this. Uh, you see, you can follow somebody on, on social media and you have absolutely no relationship with them. Isn't that right? You can know, I mean, because social media, I mean, they, they post like, you know, what kind of lemonade they're drinking for lunch, right? I mean, you can know every little 
thing about their life, it seems like, but that doesn't mean you're in relationship. Matthew 9, 10. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. We see Matthew invited Jesus. You usually don't invite people to your house to eat dinner if you're not in a relationship with them. Isn't that right? Typically, you don't. Sometimes you do, but typically, you don't. We see all through the Gospels the relationship Jesus had with his disciples. See, let me say this, and you may want to write this down. The crowds followed him, but the disciples spent time with him. The crowds followed him, but the disciples spent time with him. So you can follow Jesus, but let me ask you a question. How much time are you spending with him? How much time are you spending with him? This is great, outside of what we do here, actually, at the church building. See, John... Uh, the, the, the disciple John, the apostle John, always referred to himself as the one whom Jesus loved. This is powerful. He identified himself with intimacy. See, we know John wrote the book of Revelation, but he was John the beloved before he was John the revelator. So how does that apply to us? You have to have intimacy before you're going to get revelation. You got to have intimacy with the Lord before you get revelation. John was the one, he, had, he didn't identify like as John, the one that got all this revelation. He always said the one whom the Lord loved. He identified himself with this personal, intimate relationship he had with Jesus. Once again, you can be following somebody on Instagram, but it doesn't mean that you're in that, a relationship with that person. Just like you can follow everything Jesus does, you can follow sermons, you can follow move of God, but are you in a relationship? Number four, a disciple has a heart for the lost. A disciple has a heart for lost souls. Look at Matthew 9, 11, 13. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of the scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I've come to call those who think they're righteous, I have not... For I have come to call not those who think that they are righteous, but those who know that they are sinners. We see Matthew brought sinners to Jesus. He had what's called a Matthew party. Remember on the clip, he even said that. He said, we have a dinner tonight. And he said, well, I'm not welcome at dinner parties. He said, well, this won't be a problem. He said, because you're going to be the host, right? So he invited people to come. By the way, since I showed that, has anybody watched The Chosen since, since I showed that? Okay, good. Great series, huh? Really good series. So I want to encourage y'all. And again, just Google. People text me. We don't know where to find it. Just use the, any search engine and just Google The Chosen. It'll take you to the website and tell you exactly what you need to. It's not on Netflix or anything like that. People are asking me, I can't find it on Netflix or whatever. It's not on any of those platforms. You have to go directly to the website or to the app uh, to, to be able to watch it. There's some episodes on YouTube too, I believe. So, um, See, the Pharisees, you know, Matthew brought sinners to Jesus. The Pharisees, on the other hand, called them scum. Did you see that? Why does your master eat with such scum? What does that tell you? These were the religious leaders that they had no compassion on people. They were going through everything that they needed to do to serve God and all that, but they called people scum. They had no compassion whatsoever. See, Jesus quoted Hosea 6, 6 when he said, I want you to show mercy and not offer sacrifices. He was saying, listen, y'all y'all offer all these sacrifices, y'all do what y'all need to do in the temple, but you have no mercy on people that are not like you. 
As disciples, Jesus is calling us to have compassion on, love, and try to reach people that are far away from Christ. Because at one time or another, I don't know about you, but I, I do know we were all far away from Christ, right? Maybe some further than, than, than others, but all of us were in that position at one time. See, Jesus showed compassion and mercy and eating with sinners while the Pharisees despised them. See, Jesus revealed the true spiritual condition of the Pharisees who thought that they were righteous but failed to recognize that they were in fact unrighteous in need of the Messiah's salvation. That's why Jesus told them that. You think you're righteous, but you know what? I came to save those that know that they're sinners. And that's, that's the same people we should be trying to reach. We should have a compassion and, and, and for, for lost people that don't know the Lord. See, our lack of compassion for the lost also reveals our spiritual state. It shows either that we've forgotten where we once were like and that we needed salvation. If we, if we turn our noses up at the loss or people that, you know, that, I don't know, are, are acting sinful or that curse or whatever, it's funny, people get around me and they'll curse and they'll be like, oh man, my bad. I'm like, that doesn't bother me. Don't, don't expect lost people to act saved until they are. Some, some saved people don't even act saved. So I'm just saying, that's, a, that's another note. But whenever people are like, oh, I can't, be, I can't be around people, man, if they curse it and all that. Well, why not? They're lost. They don't know Jesus. Why can't you be around people? Now, I'm not, I mean, there's, there's boundaries you got to draw, but I don't mind going up in a barbershop or somewhere where, you know, uh, it, there, there's a restaurant around people that's a lot of my old friends that are cursing or drinking or whatever. I mean, I'm not going to go in the bars and stuff like that, but that, that doesn't bother me. Why? I want to reach them. Listen, I have Jesus. And one time I, I could, I could speak like, give the best sailor a run for his money myself, right? And so we, th there has to be something. If you, if you turn your nose up or if, if you have a hard time or uncomfortable being around lost people, I want to encourage you to pray to have compassion for them. We need to reach them. That's what God's called us to do. Amen. And it also shows if we don't have compassion on the loss, that maybe we haven't moved from a follower to a disciple. Amen? You know, this businessman, again, that I mentioned earlier, he told me years ago that he has a goal to win one million souls before he gets to heaven. I have no idea how he's going to keep track of that, but that's his goal, right? And I believe the Lord is keeping count in heaven. But that's his goal, his uh, successful businessman. But his whole focus is to try to populate heaven. His whole focus in life is to try to, to win the loss. That's why he takes mission trips. He plants churches. He takes teams down in the midst of his schedule, 12 to 15 teams a year. He can go down to, to both where he oversees Central America, Mexico, and the Caribbean. Fifth and final thing I want to encourage you with this morning, we see from this passage of Scripture, that a disciple has love for other disciples. And this is really, this, this is a great way to segue into next week as we're talking about reconnecting into the community. A disciple has love for other disciples. In John 13, 35, Jesus said, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Did you see that? Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Isn't that amazing? One of the greatest forms of witnessing and testimony is how we love one another in here. That's one of the, that's one of the best ways. One of, it will prove to the world we belong to Jesus the way that we love and treat one another. If the world doesn't know we love each other, they won't want to, they won't believe we love them either, right? 
Goes back to the previous point. If I, if I don't love Jacob, if I can't show I love Jacob and he's my brother, he's in church with me here. We serve along one another and they see I, I can't stand Jacob or I don't like or whatever. And I'm saying, but, but man, look, I love you and Jesus loves you. Like, really? You don't even love that dude that goes to your church. Right? And that's what Jesus is saying. It, it proves that we're disciples if we love one another. If you have a hard time loving brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, you need to question your discipleship. Are you a disciple? Amen? 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. John makes it clear that this love comes from God. Look at 1 John 4, 20 and 21. If somebody says, I love God, but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Again, it's a command. Those who love God must also love their Christian brothers and sisters. You see that? If we're disciples of Christ, we're going to love one another. You know, if you love your brothers and sisters, you're going to want to reconnect with them. You're going to want to connect with them. And that's what we're encouraging you this month to do, to either get connected and reconnect. And that's why I would say even this is great. Sunday morning church attendance, awesome. Wednesday night if you come out, prayer meeting or life group, you know. But life group, this is you need to connect. Ask yourself a question. Who are you intimately connected with in this church? Who do you have relationship with in this church besides the person you came to church with? Let me say it that way. Besides your spouse or your friend. I know I was looking for that loophole there, okay? So besides the person you came to church with, who are you in intimate relationship with? If you have a hard time thinking about that, you need to get connected. You need to reconnect. We, we need other people. This is what the body of Christ is for. So we can, listen, that's the reason that I grew. That's the reason that I, I got discipled. Because you know what? I didn't have no Christian friends except for my mama when I got saved. And I mean, she was a powerhouse. I'm thankful. She was the first one to disciple me. But you know what? The way I got in relationship and got encouraged and got discipled was by getting connected to the church. Amen? We need to do the same thing. So as I close... Matthew 28, 18 and 20. A lot of us know this scripture, and we use this a lot when we're talking about evangelism, but it's very specific. Jesus came and told his disciples, so now he's talking, he has his disciples, and he says this, I have, give, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Did he say make followers? Did he say make converts? He said, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus told his disciples to make and teach disciples, not followers. So as we close today, I believe there are three different groups of people sitting in this building and who's going to be watching this later. You're not even a follower. Even though you heard the gospel message before, you maybe come to church, you maybe watch stuff online, you still haven't made a decision to follow Christ. And again, that's where we start. We all start as making a decision to follow Christ. Jesus said, follow me and be my disciple. So you need to make a decision right now. 
The Bible says that we've all sinned and fall short of God's glorious standard and the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. When we follow Jesus, the first step is to admit that we've sinned, ask God to forgive us of our sins, and then pledge our allegiance to the Lord Jesus Christ. And say, Lord, I, I make you my Lord and Savior. Today, I make a decision to follow you. I put my life in your hands. I trust you. Look, I read this this morning as well, 1 Peter 1.9. I love this. The reward for trusting him, meaning Jesus, will be the salvation of your souls. When you make a decision to trust Jesus, to follow him, to become his disciple, to repent of your sins, which means to turn away, the reward for trusting him is the salvation of your souls. Amen. Why don't you bow your head with me? Let's pray over this first group. We're going to pray to two more groups. We're still good. We're doing good on time. With every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around again, just out of reverence for the Lord and respect for others. Maybe you're in that first group of people and you say, Brandon, I'm not even a follower yet. I haven't even made a decision to follow Christ and make him my Lord and Savior. Do, are you convinced that your reward is going to be the salvation of your soul? If you pass away, Will you be in eternity? Matter of fact, we're, we're having a memorial service for Ms. Geraldine Washington right here tomorrow morning uh, as her son and, and daughter-in-law's here. And, and we know, again, we talked about Ms. Geraldine. She's in glory. If we were doing your service here tomorrow, where would you be spending eternity? If you can't answer for sure where you'd be, you need to trust Jesus for your salvation. If that's you, say, Brandon, man, if, if it was my funeral tomorrow, I, I want to be, I, I need to get right. There's a hand going up already. I hadn't even asked for that. Praise God. Anybody else? Just raise your hand like this young man did in the back. Say, Brandon, I need to get right with God. Another hand going up. Anybody else? Over here to my left. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Anyone else? All right. For these that have raised their hand, if there's anybody else, just slip up your hand. And we're going to pray with you. I'm not going to bash you. I'm not even going to have nobody open their eyes. We're going to pray together while your eyes are still closed. The Bible says if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's all pray this together. Just say, Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Lord, I know that I've sinned and I've repented of my sin. I turn away from him today and I turn to you. I make you my Lord and Savior. Now give me the grace and give me the strength to follow you, to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Come on, let's celebrate with these that just made that decision. Hey, God bless y'all. Those that made that decision for the first time, there's a card in the pew in front of you that says, I made a decision, fill that out, bring it to the info center after service. Now, the second group of people in here, you're a follower of Jesus, and you've made that decision, and you've come to church maybe for a long time, but maybe you're not a disciple. Or, as the series says, Maybe you once were a disciple, but you've gotten disconnected and you need to reconnect this morning. There's nothing wrong, again, with being a follower. Jesus says that. Follow me. But we can't stay there. We have to quickly move into discipleship. And again, that's why we have life groups, y'all. That's why we have life groups. I love that. I was talking to Ms. Babs. Ms. Babs started a life group this semester. And, 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 and she's beginning to disciple a, a, a lady and, and maybe other. She's discipled many and many over the years in the 40 plus, 40 years that this church has been existing and beyond. And look, I love that, by the way. And you know that Miss Bab, she still has a heart for the kingdom to be obedient and to disciple others. Isn't that awesome? Thank you, Miss Babs. What a blessing. And see, she has a heart and a compassion for people 
So listen, you need to jump into a life group. We have the life group kiosk in the lobby. We, we can go online on our app. We have, you know, we have life groups you can jump into right now. And as well as, listen, we had our first men's supper. And again, it was awesome this past Tuesday. We're going to have another one in November and December. And what we do in there is we had a meal. I, I shared a little word. But then we were all sitting at round tables. And they had great discussion around the table. And I loved it because I had different ages of, of table hosts that were facilitating the conversation. And there was great discussion going on around the table. And even in that setting... You can get disciple. There's older people. There's people in different walks of life. And it goes beyond just that one meeting. I'm hoping strategically around those tables, some men are going to make some connections where that discipleship will go further. So I want to encourage you in November, December, come out to the men's supper. My wife's having a ladies breakfast and the same thing. She's going to probably have a similar, I believe she's having a similar uh, 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 method or um, way of doing it. <laughs> I can't think of the word. Format, thank you of doing of but it's the same thing so listen we have made a way at the last part of this the last quarter of this year for you to get reconnected yes we want you to come to service on wednesdays and sundays but get connected in a life group come out to the men's suppers and the ladies breakfast and that might be you today or you may be a disciple that just wants to go deeper amen come on why don't you stand up and let's pray over these last two areas maybe the lord spoke to you this morning i hope he did i pray that he did where are you at? We saw some made a decision to become a follower. Maybe you've been a follower in here, but you need to become a disciple. You need to go to that life group wall before you leave. Come on, some of you don't have AC. It'd do you good to stay here a little bit longer and suck up some AC before you go home. Amen? Come on, just hang out in the lobby. You can stay as long as you want. Get some more coffee, right? But seriously, you know, you can go online and check out the life group uh, directory. Come on, if that's you, say, Brandon, man, I need to get reconnected. Just lift your hands. I want to pray for you. Father, I pray for all of these that have been disconnected. Even though they may have, have been coming to church, they need to get reconnected in community and in true intimate relationship and discipleship. Like those that are, first of all, disciples of you are spending time with you. Come on, maybe your time with the Lord has lacked during this, this year. Come on, get reconnected to the Lord. Like you say, the follower, the crowds follow him, but disciples spend time with him. Come on, you have to spend time with the Lord on a regular basis if you want to be his disciple. I pray, Father God, that those have a hunger for your word, a thirst for your presence, to spend time with you each and every day, Lord God, in your word in prayer and in worship, Lord God, and that they would connect, Lord God, in life groups, our admins and, and supper and ladies' breakfast. And I pray for those of us, Lord God, that just want to go deeper. You say, Brandon, I just want to go deeper with the Lord. Come on, lift your hands and just receive, Lord. Lord, we pray for those of us just want to go deeper, Lord. We're never satisfied. We never should get to a place where we're good, where we've arrived. Lord, I pray that, Lord God, in this time, Lord God, this year, and, and, and Lord, not knowing what's coming, Lord God, we need to go deeper in your word, your presence, fellowship, relationship, intimacy, and discipleship. Take us deeper, Holy Spirit. We love you. We thank you. Bless these as they go. I pray that those that don't have power, their power would get kicked on soon. And my God, and that you would help them as they go forward. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Well, God bless y'all. And listen, if y'all need any help in regard to the storm, by the way, here in town or whatever, if y'all need some help, please call the church. Let us know. Hit us up online. And we want to help y'all in any way we can. Okay? God bless and have a great day.